0: You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome! Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Colt. I'm your host... Your docile, lovely host, Judy Gould. Today, we have on the lovely and delightful Laura Lee Abbey. I hope you enjoy it. And I just want to say the loss of, uh, the sudden loss of Bob Saget has really affected the comedy community. And um, I think a lot of people, and he will be missed. And he was a bright, bright light. So take a moment to laugh today. And I hope you do right now. Enjoy. Everyone, we are here with Laura Lee Abbey, and it is our first of 2020. Um, 2022.
1: 2020. 2020. What did I say?
0: 2020? 2020. Oh, God. It I it feels can't... like the same year is on loop, right? Yeah, all right. I, I'm just going to start this way. I just want to say, when I was born in 1962, I remember thinking, oh my god. In 1992, I'm going to be 30 years old. Like I remember, oh my god, it's so far away, you know. And then in 2002 I'm going to be 40 years. I can't believe I'm going to be 60 years old this year. I feel like well well Elisa just turned 60. We had a huge surprise party for it wasn't huge cuz it was covid, but it was a little <laughs> surprise party for her and I told her, and you'll probably go through this too, Laura, that she's 60 and she's way too old for me and I have to find a young girlfriend. Yeah. Don't you think? I hear that. It's time. I mean, I, it, you know, like I'm in showbiz. I can't have a 60-year-old girlfriend. No,
1: no. You're going to have to go like 25 cut off. Yeah,
0: because I love speaking to 25-year-olds. They, <laughs> they have a lot to say. They have a lot so to say. So much in common. Right. <laughs> Um, Okay. So today, everyone, Laura Lee Abbey is a writer. She's written for every major newspaper, online, magazine, Cosmo. I mean, like, you know, many, many beautiful articles. She has written a book, two books. One's um, an
1: Amazon Kindle
0: single. So Kid, it's, yeah, Amazon Kindle single. What is Kindle that really? Who Whatever. Knows? Just call it a book, you goddamn. It's a son book. Of a it's bitch. a fucking book. <laughs> right. And she is married to the love of her life, Sam, whose full name is Samantha. Uh, so she's a member of our tribe. And then um, she has two beautiful sons. But we'll get into all this later. Let's start at the very beginning. Laura, I do a lot of research on my guess. that's what the podcast basically it's called kill me now cuz i i hate everyone and i want to kill myself all the time but <laughs> um which we'll get to at the end yeah uh what makes you want to fucking kill yourself but i'm not really allowed to say that anymore because of it, can't say that but whatever fuck it and i love what what makes people who they are which is usually their childhood and all the things they've gone through and so what you have done which is fascinating to me is you have taken your diary that you wrote in every day now i just want to say because it's the beginning of january that i remember i had a diary when i was a little girl i think i was maybe 10 ish and i remember i it was dated and i remember i was waiting until Jan, my birthday's in november was waiting till January 1st to write my first entry. And I didn't know what to say. So I, the, and I don't know if Laura's listening. That's our producer. But I'm going to admit something that I've never admitted that I copied a little bit of Anne Frank's diary. No. <laughs> For the first entry. Like, just a little bit, like, oh. I, I played right. It was only, like, two lines, but it was like, oh, today, I don't even remember what it was. But it was so, I didn't even know what to say. So I was like, and, like, how Jewy? that gets an extra jubel. Um, so you've taken your diary, and we're going to talk about this ad nauseum, because it's fascinating to me, for one reason, is that I would never want to revisit my teenage years, but you have taken this and you've started this podcast called 17 and you have actors read portions of your diary and then you discuss and sort of go back. I mean, I I listened to a portion where you, you interviewed a guy who you thought was like in love with you. Um, And you had feelings for, and you're revisiting all this as an adult, which I think is scary. For me, it would be scary. I also think it would probably give me a new perspective. And it would probably resolve a lot of recurring dreams that I have. But I mean, that's a brilliant idea, I have to say.
1: Um, I wish I could take full credit for the idea. Um, There's a French version of the podcast um, that was really popular over in France. Um, So I'm excited to kind of recreate it here for an English speaking audience. And yeah, you know, I think after college, I tried to start a blog that was like when everyone was blogging um, where I would revisit these journal entries from when I was just share journal entries from when I was a teenager. And I think I was still too young and too close to them. And now, you know, I'm 36. I have two kids. My life is just like, I'm just, it's exhausting. It's just what? parenting. It's, yeah. it's just, it's parenting, right? So there's a yes. like, the real lack of urgency that, that is in like every entry when you're a teenager, everything is so loaded, every right, experience right. and like, you're waiting for your life to begin. And so you're acting like none of this is a big deal. Cause you're, you're it's not even your real life, but at the same time, it's all just shaping who you are. Right, so all of these experiences are, are so big. So I think it's so intense to to put it out
0: into the world and to share it. And I mean, as a comic, that's what I do. Period. Right, you share your shit. So. Right, but it's like this is like you know, I I cloak it in humor. Um, but I mean, you grew up. Let's just say you grew up in Catticut. Is that call? Is that right? Setau- yeah,
1: very close to Catticut. You got it.
0: So talk at New York, which is in Long Island. Long Island. I'm an Islander. Um, you, I, I can't find anything about your siblings. I fucking looked everywhere.
1: Yeah. We, cause I don't, my family, we're just like boring, regular people. Um, so I'm kind of, i everyone's really impressed that I'm just like airing all of our laundry all the time. Yeah.
0: That's, that's good though. That's, that's not good. what I come you need from. One, I know, but you need one person to do it. Um, yeah. So, do you? Have, how many siblings do you have?
1: I, I'm the youngest of three. I have yeah, me
0: too. And sister, nice. Me too. Yes, and, and it's great. And you have parents. I um, have parents? What mom did, and dad? Um, what are their names? Because I couldn't find that anywhere. First of all, even in your New York Times wedding, thing, it doesn't have your parents' names. Really? Okay,
1: so we had a wedding announcement that should have their
0: names, right? Andrew, and Irene, Andrew and Irene. I love Irene. You Irene. know what? Let me tell you something. Elisa has this, one of her best friends' name is Irene, and we call her Tango Irene. From Rent, it's Tango Maureen, and mm-hmm. so we call her Tango, or whatever. Go ahead. Now that's Go. in my head.
1: Yeah, my mom's like, Ma- Massapequa, Long Island, like thick Long Island accent, Irene. Um, it's really good. It's good stuff.
0: And what did they do? This, I never have to ask this. I can usually figure it out, but I couldn't fucking figure it out.
1: Um what did they do? My dad um worked for Estée Lauder my whole life so I always had really Yeah. Fabulous fabulous makeup and skincare. Um my mom worked for a for a while, uh-huh. she worked at the local grocery store for a while, she's oh, all over the place. So you had this normal Long Island so normal,
0: painfully normal. G- grammar school like growing up
1: yeah, so we did, when I was four, we moved to Canada for six oh, years. Oh,
0: that's right. For six years, you yeah. moved to Ontario. Ontario. And you have dual citizenship, correct? I'm a dual citizen, yeah. You know what? I'm a little jealous. Which I never, I was like, mom, if I wanted to like move to Canada, where,
1: do I even have a citizenship card somewhere? I don't know. I, don't I know, know, but do you understand how lucky you are that you yes. have
0: that? I like that my parents
1: like knew way back when. Even though we're only living here for a few years, like we're gonna make our kids dual citizens because this is a smart move. How come you moved to Canada? Um, My dad's job. He was moved. There was a plant, an Estee Lauder plant up there. I'm butchering this. I hope he's not gonna listen because he's he's got it all wrong.
0: Just for his job. So you moved there. Yes. Do you remember being in Canada and them all having like talking a little weird? And I yes. mean, coming, your mother has this fucking thick Long Island accent. They and then you're could in- not
1: get enough of her there. They would just make her say like, say coffee again. Say <laughs> Like They thought she was the greatest. I was little. I was four. So I, you know, I didn't sound like anything. Mm-hmm. But when we actually moved back to New York, they made fun of me a little bit because I had that proper Canadian
0: Right. Speech. You know how, and they sort of like have an up thing at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, oh, and I can't, I, you know, at the end of the sentence, it's like, bah, bah, bah. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah. Did you, did they, they don't speak French there? They do. They do. Um, I,
1: not, we, we all had to learn French in school, but they spoke, you know, in
0: Ontario. Do they you remember, do you remember s- French?
1: Yes, I was in French through high school, and then I lost it all, you know, in college and after. I know that.
0: what the fuck is that? I don't know. It's so bad. It's that so we all annoying. Let that happen. I know. I had six years of Spanish, and then yeah. gone. Yeah, and then yeah, I can't even talk. My, I tr- no, whatever. Um, okay. So, you you go to Canada. Everything's normal. Um, was there a difference between Canadian school? Do you remember coming back? So so when you came back, you were ten, right? I was thrown to the wolves. Yeah. It was
1: so, going from Canada. We were, I was in this nice Catholic school. Everyone knew everyone. We lived in these developments where all the houses were just like the same size. Right. You just rode your bike everywhere. And then right. I moved to this kind of like a wealthier town on Long Island and the kids are. Spoiled. Tents, yes. And they're so much more mature. And they really? were, Yes. They were just. I, you know, I went from being a kid to, you know, I entered fifth grade on Long Island. I know. So that's, that's like, we're acting like, like adults. Yeah.
0: Right. So you're going to like middle school, you're thrown, which is the worst fucking time of your life.
1: It was um, not cute. Yeah.
0: Do you have, still have friends from when you were in Canada?
1: Um, I keep in touch with a, a couple people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, oh, kind of, so yeah, we cute. message each other and we chat about stuff and um, right. there's one, she's always like, what's going on? Is this, is the U.S. really as scary as it sounds right now? I'm like, yes, it is. Oh Don't my God, it's so scary!
0: <laughs> I know you're fuck whatever. I'm jealous. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States, with more than ten thousand different kinds of plants and over two million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30 day alive and thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but fast growing trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces, but I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. So you then go into middle school. You're I'm I don't know if you know that I'm six foot two. I do. I'm uh,
1: five eleven. I know. That's
0: why I wanted to talk to you about it. Um, but I'm shrinking. I have to get my knee replaced. So um, I uh, I had a, I had the surgery on the books and then I had to fucking change it, which oh, sucks. No. I know, and I just want to get it over with. And then I'm yeah. gonna come to your fucking studio and you're gonna fucking work me out. All you right. Got anyway, it. you were in the key club, which oh. I never understood. I read that you were in the key club. I was in the band. Um, we have something in common besides being really tall, is that when I was in seventh grade, uh, I was about, I was probably about five, nine. I was already taller than the teachers and yeah. a lot of my friends' parents. Not that I had a bunch of friends, but <laughs> the, people, the people at synagogue were like, oh, this is a tall thing." Anyway, and I tried out for the basketball team. And the, this is a real story. And the coach told me that I was too tall and it wouldn't be fair to the other players. Do you feel like that was a load of bullshit? This is what happened. Laura Lee, Abby. Uh, it You know, like those things that happen to you at that age stay with you for the rest of your fucking life, right? They do. They do. And I, you know, I had a lot of rejection growing up. There, That's why, you know, I'm a comedian. Because <laughs> I like to <laughs> let it keep it going. But anyway. Yeah, of course. I do think it was a lot of bullshit. There was... A bit of anti-Semitism in our, even though there were a lot of Jewish kids, um, there were sort of. I don't know. I don't know if this guy was anti, but there were anti-Semitic teachers and stuff. But yeah, so he told me I was too tall, and then many years later on Facecock, which I fucking hate, uh, the the one of the teachers or coaches like the football coach or something from our school, you know, was friending me and, uh, it's like, I, you are like redoing your fucking high school years. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and so one of the coaches, I said, he said something to me and I said, you know, cause you met, I remember, it, you know, Wayne Carrick, his name was, uh-huh, um, out, and he said, you know, you're too tall for the team. By the time I was 13, I was six feet tall. So fuck him. And, uh, He said, this guy said, this football coach said, he really regrets that. And I'm like, I'm 50, what, eight at this point, seven, five, 55. Uh, You know, he regrets it. Fuck him. Yeah, that's his shit. Don't make me wrong with that. And he never said, you know, I'm sorry. But that shit stays with you for the rest of your life. Cut to my son, Ben, plays basketball in college. Okay, he plays college basketball. He was, yeah, he was D one. He just moved to D three because he hated D one. But anyway, (laughs) um,
1: well, I've never had any athletic prowess whatsoever, and it's hard. And you know, this being a tall girl growing up, because like I went to everyone, yeah. Every male teacher was like, "Are you trying out for basketball? What do you play?" I'm like, "I don't. I play nothing. I'm bad at all the things. Back off."
0: Right. I was. I'm a little uncoordinated, but I'm really not because I play tennis. And I would take my kids to play. We had a basketball court in our driveway, so I played all the time. But, I, you know, it, with proper training, I think I would have excelled. Um, I'm very athletic, but that was it. That was the end of it. That was the end. Of, and same thing. High school, oh. And even the girls who were on the basketball team were like, what the fuck are you doing, Judy? You got to be, you know. <laughs> on, we Judy. need you. We need you, Judy. And I was like, I – I don't know. I just it's really it's like something that say. So you tried out. Can you tell the story? Oh God, where you tried out for the volleyball? Well, you really wanted to play volleyball. I really wanted to play volleyball.
1: I had never, you know, besides gym class, I'd never had any train. Like I didn't really know how to play volleyball. So right. But my school, the girls' volleyball team was a big deal. Like they won. I don't even know. I don't know. This is. I'm going to prove how little I know about sports. They just. They were great. And so it was really hard (laughs) to get on that team. (laughs) And yeah, so I tried out and I went through all these intense days of tryouts. And there was this one like assistant coach who was like, he was really nice to me and he was really helping me out. So I was like, okay, maybe being tall, he's going to see something in me and know I can learn and I can improve. And, um, I didn't, and I didn't make the team and I was so upset as you would be, um, I was disappointed. and so. I know what you, what you want me to tell is how my mom couldn't bear to see her child upset and just had to step in. I, this is ninth grade. How old was I like, how old are you in ninth grade? 14, 15. You're
0: 14. Know. Yeah.
1: 14. And I want her to like stay the F out of my life. And instead she calls the coach and is like, she, Laura put off foot surgery because she wanted to try out for the team. She's so devastated." can't you, oh my God, I can't even believe I'm telling you this. Can't you, you know, give her a spot or or have her train with the girls and maybe she'll improve. And I had no idea any of this, that she did this. And so after school, one day there's an announcement that like, I have to go to the gym and it's the coach and all the
0: girls. Wait, the is this an announcement? I don't think kids realize that there was a PA system. Like
1: a PA. But I, where
0: The entire school will hear like, Judith Gold, please report to blank. Everyone in the fucking school. Yeah.
1: Correct. So now everyone has heard me and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then you get this little spark of like, "Hmm, what's happening? And he calls me into his office and all the, all the volleyball girls are there and they're just kind of eyeing me. And he just awkwardly, so awkwardly, he's like a middle-aged man. I'm a teenage girl. Right. Is telling me how he, he heard that I put off this foot surgery. And maybe I can train with the team, kind of be, what is it? Like the ball boy or something, you know, like oh the God. team manager oh or something God. like that. Oh my
0: God. Oh my God.
1: I am, I immediately know what's going on. I'm horrified. I am just burning inside. Right.
0: Because you had no kind of, idea that your mother did this.
1: And now like the second he starts talking to me, I know who. Right who made this happen? And the girls are all just staring at me and it is so awkward. And I want to crawl into a hole and die. And I was like, let me think about it. I got the hell out of there, never returned again. Just, and like, I remember being so mad at my mom, but also she was just such an emotional, like, right. I just wanted to help. And I, you were so sad. And I was like, I can't even be mad. at You're not even letting me be mad at you for doing right. a stupid, horrific thing to humiliate me.
0: And so well, she didn't know she was going to humiliate you. I you know?
1: mean, come on, stay out. of! But I mean, that was a big lesson for me now that I, I mean, I have little kids, but
0: I know I was just thinking, I know. And you're going to, you're going to want to intervene so because my bad. mother, um, my mother was the same way. I'm sure I've told this story, but when I, when I was doing one of my off Broadway shows, one person show, I got this great review rave in the New York times, but my hometown paper in New Jersey did not give me a good review. What? And I was at a photo shoot and the the PR person came over and was like, Judy, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, what apparently your mother called the reviewer of the star ledger and left a what vo- this is before cell phones and stuff and left a voicemail and he's not calling her back. He's not calling her back. She can't call reviewers if they give you a bad review. So I called my mother and I said, Ma, you know, you can't call reviewers if they give me a bad review. That's their thing. Well, let me tell you something. At the end of his review, it says, if you have any questions or comments, you can call me at, you know, and it gave his phone number (laughs) and, uh, you know, I had to listen to his opinion. And he's uh, he can listen to mine, and if he doesn't want people calling him, he shouldn't put his phone. Fu- and I was like, "How can you fucking argue with that?" You can't. You cannot. You can't argue with that. And it's uh, it comes from fucking love. And I told this at her funeral, I because it is my favorite. It so encapsulates that you your kid is not going to be hurt by you know you can be hurt by me, but you're not going to be hurt. Yeah, right. So you walked around high school like I did. Like the thing, I don't think people realize. Being a tall girl, it it really has such a profound effect on your personality because you can't hide. You can't, you know. Uh, what's no. that? What's that thing where you in the wood in the woodwork? You can't fade into. the, I don't know. I can't think because I've already been through menopause. But, um, but you can't fade into the woodwork like you. You know. And I don't know if this happens to you. I walk in an elevator and people are like looking at my feet to see if I'm wearing like seven (laughs) inch heels. Uh, But now I have a six foot seven and a half inch son who, you know, I'm like, whoa, you know, it's you wait till you see. Do you think your sons will be really tall?
1: I don't know. I mean, I hope the one, i gave birth to one of them so the other is on his own he might be well, a shorty like my wife but yeah because i'm hoping
0: I'm i want hoping. you to know that basketball coaches ask uh how tall the mother is oh yeah yeah that they said how, they always say how tall is your mother which is great for a kid with two moms anyway um <laughs> but seeing my son grow up as the tallest kid athletic funny you know it was a completely different, uh, yeah. you know. Well, height is celebrated
1: and- for guys, right. right? And for women, we're just kind of, especially in this country, we're taught to just like close up and be quiet and demure. And so, when you're a really tall girl, you you already off the bat feel like you're taking up too much space in the world. And I'm a loud mouth,
0: and same, you're a loud mouth.
1: <laughs> And so you, you know, I remember being like, oh, I'm too much for always feeling I was too much. I can't be this tall. I can't be this opinionated and it's, it's tough, especially in adolescence to, to come to terms with that. And, you know, you eventually reach an age where I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like I am too much. Maybe I'm not for you. So what?
0: Um, But it's also like people think, uh, I don't know if you went through this, but people thought I was older than I was. Yeah. Which is fun
1: until you are older and then you're like, damn it.
0: Right. (laughs) Uh, Cause I remember when I was like, you know, they, they used to have kids prices for the movies and. I would go and they'd be like you're not 12 and I'm like I sw- and my mother was like yeah I'm getting a copy of your birth certificate and you're going to you're going to go to the movie theater and I'm like mom I'm not going to this movie theater with my birth certificate it's already fucking embarrassing but yeah people treat you differently as if you have you're not as sensitive right, right? you're not as you know you have you're tougher but also this idea that that is the first thing people see. That is the first thing people comment about and it's it's so crazy. Like if someone is obese, you don't say, "Oh, wow, you're obese. You're fat." You know, like, uh, re- "Oh, right. you're tall." It's like, "Oh, you're you're hairy?" No. It it's so I don't know. It's just it's such a weird thing that sort of Definitely. That people anymore. just get to comment
1: on and have an opinion on openly to, to you. Right. All the time.
0: Yeah. Do people still say stuff to you? People say stuff to me all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. funny when I get off stage and people are like, oh, I didn't realize you were that tall. Like, really? Yeah. You didn't realize I was that tall. Mm. I, I, you know, the guy on before me came up to my fucking left. <laughs> what size shoe were you? 10. Mm. I don't feel sorry for you.
1: Okay. I'm a 12. Um, oh, uh, I, do have a, I have a friend who's 5'4 and she's a size 10. So
0: No way. What yeah. the fuck is that? That's rough for her. That's not fair. That's not good. Does she <laughs> look like, you know, weird? She looks the-
1: gorgeous and perfect.
0: Oh, right. I don't know why. Uh, that. <laughs> um, that's horrible.
1: Yeah. So as much as I hate, I only hate having a big foot because sometimes it's hard to find shoes.
0: Hello? I'm a 12 and a half, okay? No. Yes. That's real hard. That's right. Well, so all I wear now you... are like
1: sneakers and boots, so who cares?
0: Yeah, same. Now, your friend who's 5'4" and has a 10. All right, this is going to be the most immature joke ever. I'm just doing a warning. So your friend who's 5'4" and has a size 10 shoe, does she have a large penis? Good night, folks. Okay. <laughs> okay. you graduate high school but everything's normal in high school except we're going to go back to that cuz that's what the podcast is yes um and you go to the college that i really wanted to go to and my parents really? wouldn't let me go to oh why not because when i went to college in 1980 Rutgers where was my is my state school was $2500 a semester mm There you go. And uh, they were like, you know, if you want to go to graduate school, fine. But and I was like, I have to go to Emerson. I don't even know why I wanted to go to Emerson College, but that's how I felt. I was like, I have to go there. They're going to get me there. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and it wasn't even it. It wasn't what it is today, you know. But a lot of comics entered. I I would have had a whole different experience. But so you went to Emerson, and you're you're feeling a little lonely at a place, whatever. Um, and you join a sorority.
1: Yeah. So I always kind of like to, yeah. Like a little asterisk, like at Emerson, joining a sorority wasn't like joining a sorority at any school because Emerson college, when I went there and I love this about Emerson, it's just like, you know, the joke was, gay by May or your money back. Like guys went there with girlfriends and then, you know, they came out. And so it was just like gay musical theater and so many weird kids, which I loved. I was a weird kid, but also sometimes I just wanted to get drunk and like go make out with boys at parties. And so I was like, who am I doing that with? And so there was a sorority and that was kind of the answer to that.
0: So you like, it's interesting. You say that you had like this normal, normal childhood upbringing. Uh, didn't even think you were gay at all. And you end up like, don't you think it's weird that you picked that school? Yes. Uh, not having any consciousness of, oh, this is the place, you know, like why do I want to go to the school with all these oddballs?
1: I think I wanted, you know, I wanted a gay best friend and... Right. ...wanted the artsy experience. I really wanted, I wanted to be something I wasn't. I'm not, you know, I don't belong right. in
0: academia or any of that. So. Right. But I you were in the Key Club. And- what is the fucking Key Club? It's the Kiwanis Club. And first of all, they didn't even allow women until 1987.
1: So, really? Yes. Okay. Well, I was co-president of Key Club in high school with Jess Hourkirk. Shout out to her. Um, we basically did philanthropy.
0: Yeah, that's we, what they do. Yeah. That's what we
1: did. Yeah. And we would have to go to the like, monthly Kiwanis meetings where we would have to go have dinner at some local restaurant. Kiwanis with club, club. Kiwanis or, yeah. Club. It was so awkward. Yeah,
0: it was weird. But they were... Um, do you, were you in any other clubs?
1: Hmm. It was on your book only cause I wanted to make sure pictures of my friends and I got in. Right. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I was in key club and I hung out with my friends and I worked a lot cause I had a fun job.
0: And what'd was, you do? What was your job?
1: I worked at a country club. I talk about this a lot on the podcast. It was a, um, a tennis and beach club and they did a lot of weddings and it was, you know, the wealthier community over by the water, and we just got into a lot of shenanigans over there cuz there was so much alcohol and just
0: had a good time. Oh my god, I love that. We're going to talk yeah. about that. Um okay. so anyway, you get into your your I didn't even know Emerson had sororities. You join the sorority. Uh, I what did. was the well, name First of I sorority. was rejected. 85. Why?
1: Yeah, I rushed and did not make it in but because I, Wait, who what I the am them, f- I just rushed again. So it's volleyball revisited. Revis I have no shame apparently I have no dignity I just keep going back. How do you not get in?
0: Like that's so fucking horrible. What the yeah, is- fuck those girls? I'm awesome. I don't know what their problem was. Wait. You so you what does it mean to rush? Like I know so- my, both of my my older son was in a, a fraternity and I heard stories that I really wish I had never heard. Oh, not yeah. like not like secret shit but like you know, just the shit they did, you know, it's like I'm rushing. I gotta go clean the whole house out. Yeah. I gotta go. There. And I'm like, I gotta drive this kid to his. And I'm like, uh, you're supposed to be in school. You're not like a fucking yeah. servant.
1: Yeah. It was so stupid. I look back. And I'm like, why did we let them treat us that way? This is ridiculous. Um, So rush is basically just a week of, they throw parties. Like, yeah. you know, everyone in college loves to throw a wine and cheese party. Like we're fucking mm. adults. Um, So right. lots of wine and cheese and, but
0: it's shitty wine and shitty cheese. Shitty
1: wine, shitty cheese. Um, and you just get to know the sisters. And then if they want you, they give you a bid in a secret ceremony. Oh, and then you God. become a pledge. Right. And so I didn't get a bid my first semester. But my new best friend at school and another couple of friends got bids, So they pledged that semester. And so the next semester, they were like, you should rush again. You'll definitely get a bid this time. And so I and did. And you did
0: it. And, and you uh, feel, oh, my God, this is what I like. I like hanging out with all these girls and talking and... And you meet this girl, Samantha.
1: Yes. So
0: who, I don't yeah. know how
1: much of this I'm allowed. To, I always feel bad when I tell these stories because she's not here to defend herself because she was a little shit um, when I met her. So my sophomore, my first semester of my sophomore year, she showed up at, um, I was a sister by then. So I thought I was so cool. And she showed up at the first rush meeting of the year.
0: And you were her big sister. You I became to- her big
1: sister. Yeah, I did by accident, I think. Um Yeah. um, She just kind of turned my world upside down.
0: So the way you describe it in a lot of your articles is that, which I love, it's like you're uncomfortable. Like you can't make eye contact because it's too intense. You're like, it's so hard for you. Like you want to be around her, but she makes you crazy and you're having all these feelings that you never had.
1: Never had. And honestly, you know, I feel bad for people who live their whole life closeted, but at least they know they're feeling that way. For me, those feelings came out of nowhere and I didn't know what the hell to do with them.
0: How is like, as someone who, like I knew when I was like three, you know, I was like, what's going on? You know? Um, and the struggle that, that, that horrible struggle through, uh, you know, in adolescence, you realize, oh, and then high school, you're like, oh, my God. And, you know, I'm talking about the late – I went to high school in 1976. So, mm-hmm. no, you could not even no. – not even – not, you know, like, never tell anyone – like, horrible – you know, people didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, there was no representation on television, you know, up until the AIDS crisis people really. It was just hush hush. It. Yeah. yeah. It was very hush yeah. hush. So here you are not even entertaining the thought that you might be a leslie, you know, and you see it, you see this person and boom.
1: Yeah, it was. And
0: it's funny too, because, you know, I look back, I'm like,
1: oh my God, why was this so tumultuous for you? But obviously it was, I was, young. These were new feelings. And even at Emerson, I was in this sorority. It was just like straight girls, boy, crazy. And I went to, I grew up in this just like white, straight heteronormative town. My high school, I went to a huge high school. I could maybe, maybe knew one or two gay people, you know, and they were always the stereotypical gay guy who, you know, got like the kids made fun of him, but he had his girlfriends who hung around him. right. And so this was just not on my radar, didn't know what to do with it. And it was one of those things where I was like, if I do this, can you ever take it back? Like I didn't know. And I was, didn't know how to label it. Didn't know what to do with it. It took me years and years and years until I finally was like, oh, I'm bisexual. This is great. I'm allowed to be attracted to whoever the fuck I want. Um, but back then it just didn't feel that way. Cause I was like, I've never liked another girl. I don't know if I ever will. Why is this person affecting me in this way? And what do I do about it? Um, and it was terrifying
0: and i wouldn't tell anybody
1: so the lying and yeah isn't
0: and shame and it's also like like the fact that this is what 20 it's like 2004. 2004 so this is like 25 years after i'm dealing with it and there's still there's still that i can't tell anyone yeah and you just know you just know It's not even that someone says, don't ever tell anyone. It's that you You just know. know. You feel it. Yeah. Right.
1: And even, you know, the early 2000s, I get into a lot of this in the podcast. It it was really misogynistic time. Like the movies, everything was bullshit. There was so much homophobia as much as it's like, oh, we've come a long way. We still hadn't. It still wasn't, you know, there still weren't a lot of queer characters in movies on TV that were represented well.
0: Oh my God. It was joke. yeah, but it was like, you know, I came out on stage in 96 and because that was when my son was born, I came out as a gay parent um, because I was like, I can't, I'm a comic and I, you know, and it definitely had an effect on my career, but I don't fucking care. Like, you know, I don't give a shit. So, you know, imagine how you felt and I'm on stage, like I'm doing TV and saying I'm a lesbian and I'm, uh, talking about my gay family, and I, you know, if you really think about it, 2015 is when we really gained, you know, equality federally. Um yeah. That's n- not even six years ago. I know. It's. I know. I was married in 2013, and I'm right, like, oh, that so, wasn't even our right. marriage wasn't even federally recognized. Like, and and before that, like in the late 90s, I remember when Henry went to. Um, Kindergarten and the the forms in school were like mother, father, mother, father. They're um, still that way. It's so infuriating. Not in New York City forms. No, but. you have to you have to fight for it. I I um what's her name um Christine Quinn helped me. She was the speaker of the house. Um, and I said, what you know, you got to put and and especially after two thousand one, you know, you can't put mother, father. Sorry. People lost their parents and people right. have different family structures. Parent and guardian, guardian one, parent right. guardian two. Um, it's very easy. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. You need to fight for that right now. Yeah. Every time you encounter that, I never, I every time at a doctor's office. Oh, I always I,
1: cross out like father yes. at the doctor's
0: office. I write donor.
1: That's a big right. one. People using dad or father. I'm like, words don't yeah. very easy. Yes. word.
0: Um, I'm sending you this article I wrote when when Ben got his tonsils out that they now use for um, doctors treating you know, gay- yeah children of gays. Um, As a, yeah. you know, not
1: not to jump off into a different direction, but my oldest son had open heart surgery when he was two, and the staff at the hospital were all great. And then this random woman came to walk my wife and I into the ER, and she gets my wife like in her hat and her suit and the mask and the whole thing, and she's just ignoring me. And I'm like, can right. I? have one of those. And then my wife's hysterical because she always gets to be the hysterical one putting our son into surgery. And this woman's like elbowing me out of the way. And I'm like, I'm his fucking biological mother, first of all, but we are both like, what? It was right on top of the fact that my baby was having fucking open right. heart surgery. It was so insane that I was being treated this way. And I was just like, this is, everyone else here knows that we are his moms and you are just elbowing me out. Like I'm her random friend that she brought into the OR. Like, right, right,
0: right. I know that's, you know, I've told this story before, but when Sharon, my ex, um, gave birth, uh, it was a emergency C. And when we got to the hospital, the, uh, nurse and the maternity, like who delivery nurse recognized me and said, and this is 96 and gave me a, a thing on my wrist. And it's like, I'm going to take care of you. Cause it's not going to be easy. Mm. Um, and she sort of, thank God, Alice Feely, I love you. She's, she's the one who made sure I was there. I was there during the scene, but there were like, who's this, who is this? Why are yeah. you here? And the fact that that still happens 20 plus years later is, it is not acceptable. Okay. No. So let's go back. Let's go back. So, you, you you know, you're in love. You have, uh, two sons. You married your sorority sister which is probably <laughs> so many guys jerking off to this so fucking yeah. yeah like oh yeah there were sorority sisters in the village. And you know you you both had you know through your relationship broken up gotten and and let let's just tell the folks listening that you never came out you came out to your mother because you were so upset about your relationship had been broken up was one of the times you broke up and you were yeah. on the porch and you're like I just have to tell you. And I love her and she broke my heart. Right. And your mother was like, oh, I think I'll call the volleyball coach. No, what did she? <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe she didn't call her and was like, you take her back. No, yeah. but what um, but that was how you told your mother.
1: Yeah. I you know, I always wrote in my journals. I didn't talk to my parents about anything ever growing up. And so I called my parents the, you know. Sam and I, our whole relationship, there were, it was like a sorority lesbian love triangle. Like there was shit going on. And I was just, I felt insane. You know, I just felt completely insane. So it was like heartbreak on top of, am I gay? On top of the girl I'm in love with just hooked up with my friends? Like, is everybody a lot? It was a mess. And so I remember calling my parents and being like, I need to come home. I think I need therapy. Like, I just have too much shit going on. And so I went home that weekend and So they were just kind of waiting for me to tell them like what, you know, just like what's going on with you. And so I sat out on the front porch with my mom and just kind of gave her the basics of what had happened. And she was very supportive, you know, hugged me and, uh, let me just cry. But I know that she was freaking out, right um, freaking out. And then I didn't really talk to my dad about it. I was like, she'll handle that. Right. And they paid for me to go to therapy and off I went back to school.
0: I don't so know, we you didn't, didn't really talk
1: t- too much about it.
0: You went to therapy in Boston, right? Not Yeah, I found a great therapist. She was wonderful. Uh, why wouldn't I go? Like, I wish I went to a sorority and there was a triangle of lesbian love. Um, yeah, except so- when you're the
1: one that feels like you're getting caught out. Yeah, sucks. yeah, yeah. Sam was so- just having a great time, you know,
0: hooking up with all the girls. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Laura Lee Abbey. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmailing This podcast, nor my life, would not be possible without the help, love, and dedication of Brittany Joe Sowards. If you have not subscribed or left a review, you're a fucking asshole. So please go do it. It helps more people find the podcast. Five stars. I'm definitely, I'm just letting you know my Uber rating is definitely going up because I'm being really nice in the Ubers. So five stars means a lot, but I do get shitty cars a lot of the time because I think I have a shitty rating, but it's getting better. Anyway, if you haven't purchased my book, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble, you're an idiot because you're listening to my podcast. You should read my book. You know what I'm saying? Also, I am now on TikTok. Yes, I'm on TikTok because I caved and my kids told me I had to. So, I'm on TikTok, so check me out on TikTok. It's like my other, it's the same, whatever, name, at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. Same name as, you know, um, what are they called? Uh, The Twitter, the Instagram, uh, and I'm Jewish, and that's why it's (laughs) J-E-W-D-Y. God, I'm funny. Tuesday, January 19th, I will be at Gotham Comedy Club uh, at Homo Comicus, which, as you can imagine is a show for the gays and gay lovers and homos and their their people. Check that out if you're in the New York City area and you're not afraid to go out. Also, I just want to say I can't wait till this fucking COVID shit is over. I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. So please, if you're not boosted, get fucking boosted. If you are like an asshole non masker I mean if you're any of those things I'm sure you're not listening to this podcast but just wear a mask don't be like oh I don't have to wear a mask and don't wear a cloth mask wear the fucking you know KN9595 KNN95N59 whatever if it has a number on it and an N wear it and I think that's it um, I can't believe you're still listening I lo- I. love whoever's still listening I love you so much I can't even tell you And that's it. I hope you have a great week. And as we always say, so long.